Kia this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. You're on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, B-Side Stories. It's a Tuesday evening here in Wellington. I'm David. I'm Laura. And we have Katja. <laughs> Kia ora katoa katoa. Um, um, no hiri toku whanau, no hiri ahau. Engari ko whanganui atara toku kainga e nai anei. Henui te aroha mau kia whanganui atara me ona tangata. Um, it's great to be hosting my first interview today at B-Side Stories. And I'm really happy to be interviewing Dr. C from Extinction Rebellion today. And she'll tell us all about what you guys are doing, what Extinction Rebellion is, what is happening in Wellington and in Aotearoa. Um, before we get into all of that, can I just ask you a curious question about your title, Dr. C. Where does Dr. C come from? Um, kia ora te um, ko Dr. C oho. Ko o te moana, ko te moana ko o. Um, my title comes from the fact that I am actually a sea doctor. I am a marine biologist. I'm a coral reef ecologist. I studied human impacts on coral reefs. Did my PhD in Papua New Guinea, studying on the, the world's largest gold mine um, and the impact on the coral reef God, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and since I moved to Wellington right after I finished my PhD, um, I haven't been a sea doctor anymore, and I'm now a human doctor, now not actually, not a GP, I study behaviour change, so I now research how to stop people from destroying coral reefs and everything else that we love and want to protect, so yeah. Wow, that's a that's a really cool journey from coral reefs to like the impact that people have on those coral reefs, and I'm guessing that ties in quite closely to the reasons for you being a part of Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say like I was studying the symptom, but now I'm actually studying the cause, and I'm really glad that I'm now studying the cause because studying the symptom right now is absolutely devastating, and um, it breaks my heart every day knowing that the Great Barrier Reef and other coral reef ecosystems are going extinct in my lifetime and I don't even know how on earth um, to cope with that on a daily basis. But seeing my old coral reef ecology professors from James Cook University on Australian TV on the nightly news just crying because they have to actually do all the bleaching transects and fly and see the devastation over the Great Barrier Reef and the extent of it. And they're still being fought by, you know, the farmers and the government and other scientists who are, you know, like in the denialist lobby who were actually, you know, um, I I know these people, I, I did my PhD with them, and it's just crazy to see the extent of, you know, the the diversion. The tourism industry, of course, is trying to, you know, hide the fact that the Great Barrier Reef is dying. And so Mm. I'm really glad that I'm now working on a solution rather than just dealing with the problem every day because I don't think I could cope with it. It's hard enough as it is. But, yeah, that is most certainly why when Extinction Rebellion came with such a 
arrived with such a bang. Um, tell me more about that. Tell, tell us a bit about Extinction Rebellion mm. for, for people who don't actually know what Extinction Rebellion is, where it comes from. Yeah, so Extinction Rebellion started less than a year ago in October 2018 in London. And it was uh, 15 people. A lot of them were academics who were actually studying the climate breakdown and also social movements and how they could respond to it. Um, and they just decided that enough was enough and that something needed to be done. And so a month later, they organized to block five bridges in the center of London and they didn't know what was going to happen and if anyone was going to turn up. And they were, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this radio station. <laughs> um, they were kind of breaking it. Um, and then, you know, 5,000 people showed up or something and it became this huge thing and Extinction Rebellion really was born. And we started it that month here in New Zealand um, in November 2018. I rocked up on my first meeting in the beginning of December and um, we now have 23 branches just here in Aotearoa. Um, there is, God, I think there is over 60 countries and over 500 branches worldwide. Mm. Um, it is the fastest growing social and environmental movement of all times. Um, that is nonviolent direct action. So mm -hmm. uh, the thing that sets Extinction Rebellion apart from other movements that are doing indirect action, like going on protest marches and writing letters to their MPs and lobbying and, you know, all of this really great stuff, um, Extinction Rebellion is actually firmly committed to direct action, which means you directly want to hit the political and economic forces that are responsible for all the problems in the world and force them to change mm. the system. Can you give us a few examples of how that direct action has taken place here in Aotearoa? Yeah, so we've been we've been relatively chaste so far. Um, you know, we're still growing, and Kiwis are nice and polite, so, <laughs> and quite funny and irreverent. So um, we've been we've been known worldwide um, for being kind of the cheekiest and the funniest <laughs> with some of the most um, poignant and hilarious actions. So um, one that is really well known was in um, Otapoti during our International Week of Action in April, and. Um, The photos are fantastic. Um, they basically started a dinner party in the ocean. So they set up this whole, you know, big dining table and they had this, like, great, you know, drinking champagne and looking like they didn't have a care in the world, but they were, like, half submerged in the ocean. It was really great um, imagery. And then here in Wellington... Um, Your partner organized one of our <laughs> events, um, which we called Sour Milk, and we ended up in The Guardian with it, which was really exciting. Um, and we poured green milk down the steps of Parliament, and we had a herd of human cows that were grazing uh, the lawn, and some peasants, because it was the International Day of the Peasant Struggle, so we had some peasants herding um, those cows. And Dr. Mike Joy, our you know, preeminent freshwater ecologist, was talking about all the impacts of farming on our freshwater systems and how 70% of our freshwater fish are on the you know, verge of going extinct and all these kind of problems. And so um, we used a very poignant imagery to draw attention to a very serious topic. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what Extinction Rebellion does. And uh, what do you think are the effects of using that, that kind of humor approach, that action, those poignant images? Have you seen what the effects of that are? Have you seen change come out of it or like what? What has been yeah, the here? I mean, mm. I was just told today that in the last two days, 500 people signed up to mm -hmm. Extinction Rebellion Aotearoa, so that's mm -hmm. exciting. We're growing. Um, we are planning something, you know, 
a bit bigger. It's still going to be a lot of fun. It's still going to be very visually poignant and it's still going to have a lot of really, um, you know, a lot of music, a lot of art, a lot of creativity, a lot of community. One of the things that's really great about Extinction Rebellion is that it accepts that both fear and hope are kind of really useless emotions. Hope is... We're beyond hope because um, that just makes people complacent and no Elon Musk or government or, you know, Greta Thunberg as much as I love her. She's like, we can't put all of our, you know, hope and and, 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 and um, wishes for this to go away onto a 16-year-old girl. I mean, she says it herself, you know, it's insanity. Like, how dare we do that to her? Um, and fear is the same thing. I mean, like, it is it is super scary what is happening. There's full-blown environmental collapse that we are watching unfold and all the scientists are absolutely breaking ourselves, like, we are breaking ourselves for real. Um, that is why so many scientists are joining Extinction Rebellion. But um, there's no point in just paralyzing people with fear. Mm. So what we do in Extinction Rebellion instead is, like, we really embrace the grief of what we're watching unfold and the grief of what we've lost. Like, I grieve every day about coral reefs going extinct and now I have a community that I can do that with which you know just just helps with some of that burden and it and it helps me be able to act and it helps it gives me some courage to act because I don't feel so alone anymore mm. and so a really big part of Extinction Rebellion is that regenerative culture of supporting each other through this incredibly difficult like end times pretty much that we're in the beginning of and figuring out how we can deal with it and yeah. still fighting for what's right mm. you know and there are, there are not many movements that that take that approach um and that is that is i think why extinction rebellion is the one for me because mm. it really speaks to to that emotional side of dealing with this as yeah. a scientist it sounds like there's like there's this very um intentional action part to Extinction Rebellion, but also that acceptance of the emotions that go hand in hand with the climate crisis that we're currently living in. And, you know, I mean, like scientists are not the most emotional um, creatures. <laughs> and, you know, we're, 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 we're taught by our entire education and by the way we are meant to behave professionally, to be factual, to be nonpartisan, to not be emotional, to not, you know, like sound the fire alarm and start running around with our hair on fire. Um, and that is why I think it's so great how many scientists are supporting Extinction Rebellion and have joined Extinction Rebellion and are doing work for and with Extinction Rebellion and are getting arrested for Extinction Rebellion because there's actually even an article that just came out in Nature, like the top scientific journal where... Two scientists, two conservation biologists are arguing that every scientist morally should join Extinction Rebellion. Mm. And there is lots of ways you can join. You don't need to get arrested. There's lots of ways you can help. Like, I'm not arrestable, but I'm a spokesperson. And, you know, because I am a scientist, I'm a relatively credible spokesperson. And mm. so that is a really good thing that I can bring to this movement, you know, so, and other people can bring other stuff. Yeah, I'm really interested in hearing about those two things, about like the how you organize yourself and the roles and the people who are joining in. So it sounds like it's been growing explosively. Yeah. And and it also sounds like it's a very organic and creative mm. movement. So how do you manage to like receive, welcome all this <laughs> new people, let them know how things work, organize yourself to do things? How does that work? Yeah, that's, a great, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably one of the most difficult things is 
actually figuring out how to take all that amazing enthusiasm and then transform it immediately into actionable practice mm. that is, you know, like useful because, you know, none of us are... Pro- Okay, very few of us are professional activists. Most of us are people from all walks of life, all ages, all professions, all, you know, classes and races and genders. And we're just, we're just so scared at what's happening and what's happening to the future of our children and to other species that we just can't deal with it. But we're not professional activists. We're not Greenpeace who's been doing this for 40 years and who has this, like, you know, really amazing slick apparatus happening with millions of dollars of funding, you know? I mean, we're literally, it's very organic, like you said. And with being organic, it also means, you know, like we make mistakes and we drop the ball sometimes and we're not always able to get everyone immediately doing exactly what they want to do. So people just have to be um, a little bit gracious and forgiving with us and um, we're trying our best, but it's all volunteers. Nobody's paid in Extinction Rebellion Hour to Aroa. We're doing this all on our own time. Mm, amazing. Like I have I have two full-time jobs right now. I'm mm. doing, you know, a global research project and I'm doing Extinction Rebellion and it's it's pretty much all of my time taken up with that. So, And do you have like roles within the organization i guess or so it's so it's what we call a holacracy so we do not have a centralized leadership system Mm -hmm. um but of course there's always people who need to make decisions so we have national coordinators from each of the branches that get together and they bring the branch concerns you know to the national coordinators meeting and then anything filters down like that and we have uh you know different circles different working groups where people are doing their thing but basically it's pretty self-organizing so um as long as you agree to the three demands of extinction rebellion and the 10 principles which in Aotearoa we added an 11th which was to respect te tiriti or waitangi and uh, tinaranga tiratanga um is you know, you can call yourself Extinction Rebellion and start mm. your own branch and have a working group and organize an action because as long as it's under that framework of nonviolence and direct action and that you're not attacking individuals or you're not guilting or shaming individuals, it's about the system, it's about system change, you know, like uh, it's super, it, it needs to be inclusive, you know, like so it's basically as long as you stick to those kind of principles then you can call yourself a rebel for life mm, so it makes it really easy to join it and makes become it, a rebel for life which is an awesome title it is I, an awesome title i'd, I'd be very to happy say, to wear I mean, that i'm an old punk i'm an old punk from the 90s <laughs> i was you know like in the antifa um, um beating myself up with neo-nazis on the streets of austria uh, which wasn't so much fun but like the 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 visual you know, I mean, it, it's it's beautiful. The design of Extinction Rebellion is beautiful. Mm. I mean, it's just, it just looks so good. And it's just really good slogans and really well thought out. And um, people feel it. Like, I, f- I feel like I'm both a rebel for life and I rebel for life. And that that suits me really well. And I, I wear that with quite a bit of And pride. is that like, I just realized I'm a bit slow with the double meaning sometimes. Yeah. So rebel for life is like, you are a rebel all through your life, but you're rebelling. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, in, 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 my, case, everyone in my case, I was a rebel for life. Other people may have become a rebel at like the age of 80, but you know, yeah, they still rebel for life. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm really keen to talk about what's coming up for Extinction Rebellion. Yeah. But first, uh, you mentioned three, demands that, yeah. that are like can you tell us a bit about sure. those three demands sure um so the genius and the beauty about extinction rebellion is that it is actually 
uh, really simple what we're asking for. Our first demand is for government to tell the truth mm -hmm. and to declare an ecological and climate emergency seriously, not just um, you know say it and then do nothing about it. The second demand is to act now and to draw down greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2025, which I know sounds insane, but this is what's necessary, not what's politically palatable. It's quite aligned to what we were listening to in the first yeah. interview. Yeah, and the third demand, which is actually what draws it all together and where the real genius lies, is to go beyond politics and to actually... Um, give the decision-making power to citizens' assemblies to actually help figure out how this incredibly difficult and demanding system change can happen because no politician is able to do that. It is not in the mandate. The mandate is to get voted every three years and it's not in the mandate to do something that would, you know, um, create that much of, an, of, an, of a break in the current system that they could actually politically withstand that. However, if it comes from the citizens themselves, that gives politicians the power to act. And so mm -hmm. that is the beauty about the third demand. Yeah. How has the, the kind of political reception been on, of Extinction Rebellion? Well, <laughs> I mean, I got this great video of, of, of our climate change minister, James Shaw, giving us a big shout out. And I mean, I think this is very, you know, Aotearoa that you have a <laughs> shout out from the climate change <laughs> <laughs> uh, We were both Green Party candidates together, I have to admit. Mm. Um, I was Green Party candidate in 2011 and 14, and that's when I realized that politics was not going to... What was politics was not going to save the Great Barrier Reef. Yes, Only it's sometimes hard to be a rebel and a politician. Yes, it is. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the most apt fit for me. I think Extinction Rebellion is a much better one. But um, yeah, I also it, it gave me a lot of insights into the political system, and I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to learn it so well from the inside because it also showed me its limitations. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that's really important to kind of recognize about Extinction Rebellion is that we're the fire alarm, we're not the firefighters. We're not the people who give you the solutions. We're not the people who tell you that you need to be vegan and never fly anymore and not have children and, you know, all these kind of things which, yes, would all have a massive impact on climate change, but individuals are not going to make the difference. This is about 100 companies who are emitting 71% of the greenhouse gases. They're the pyromaniacs. They're still setting rooms on fire in our house that is already burning and people are asleep and they're refusing to wake up. And, you know, we see it as our job to be one of the many groups first up and front up, of course, indigenous communities all around the world who have been fighting the struggle for like centuries. And we're one of those groups who are the fire alarm, who mm. are trying to, you know, like just wake people up. And that is why disruptive, nonviolent, direct action, mass mobilization, getting as many people to join us and the school strikers who we love and respect so much and fully support, Extinction Rebellion will always be there. Every time the school strikers want to do something, we will show up because, you know, there are children. Like, mm. They're the voices of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a very important distinction. Um, can you tell us now a bit about what's coming up? Because I know that there's some exciting stuff in the next month for Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously you know all about the school strike this um, Friday. And um, the week after is the Global Week of Rebellion. Sorry, like the week after the week after. So it starts, the Global Week of Rebellion starts on the 7th of October. And obviously seeing we're the first to see the, see the light, um, Wellington, New Zealand will be the first country to kick off the Global Week of Rebellion. Um, so all eyes are going to be on us. So we better turn something quite spectacular mm -hmm. out. Um, so rebels are coming from all over the country. And we're going to have a rebel camp from October 5 to 9. 
And on October 7, we're going to have the largest direct action that we've done so far in New Zealand. Hmm. And, and is that, is that a, yeah, it's a surprise. So it's like, for it's people a surprise. Who, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if people want to like are listening to this and are loving what they're hearing and they'd yeah. like to join in and participate, what should they do? Yeah. Um, well, find us, um, mm -hmm. go to draw the line.nz mm -hmm. or to extinction rebellion.nz. Those are um, our websites. You can read all about what we, um, well, not exactly what we're planning to do, but um, how to join us, mm -hmm. how to register for it. Um, we all have Facebook um, pages and groups for our individual branches so people can join all over the country. Um, Wellington one, uh, we've got it, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. But the most important thing is probably to come to a face-to-face -face meeting because the face-to-face -face kind of interaction is still the most important thing. And do those ones happen regularly? They happen regularly. We mm -hmm. have the next one at 11 a.m. on Saturday at mm -hmm. Stillwaters Community Centre in mm -hmm. Willis Street. Mm -hmm. Cool. And tell me about the um, the fact that you can't share what is happening Is that because of the surprise factor or because of other factors? Well, it's not strictly legal what we're doing, which is kind of the mm -hmm. point um, of direct action. It is that you, you know, um, you're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to sacrifice for the cause, which gets attention by people being arrested. That is usually what wakes people up. Mm -hmm. If an old granny and a teenager and, you know, a scientist are willing to get arrested, to say, you need to listen to this emergency. It is really serious. It's going to affect all of us. There is no difference between how rich you are or what color skin you are or where you live. We are all in this together and the house is really burning all around us mm -hmm. and we all need to wake up. And the willingness to, sac to sacrifice comfort and liberty and your reputation maybe and all of that for the future of your children and other species is what makes Extinction Rebellion so different from, you know, some of the other groups. Yeah, that's very powerful. Um, does that, is that a barrier for people also, like we were talking about in New Zealand, which is very kind of polite, yeah. and, you know, um, is that a barrier for people that there's this risk of getting arrested or are there different, um, I guess, can you join in and not go into Absolutely. that depth yeah, or yeah no there, mm -hmm. there's there's a million there's a million things of how you can get involved with extinction rebellion that are not at all gonna get you arrested um we make it very clear that um it is completely and utterly voluntary and people get briefed very 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 uh deeply about what it actually means um you know we have a team of lawyers that is advising us we have very solid legal briefings that make it very clear what the various consequences are and we try to design every action so that it's very clear that there are um, you know areas for families that are super safe and that are we can never promise that no that not that not everyone is going to get a, uh, arrested but also we're kind of assuming that the New Zealand police has probably um, other things to attend to than just um, arresting families because, you know, they're sitting in the sunshine and singing some protest songs. So, mm. yeah, yeah, at least we hope so. So, there, so there, is a, there is a bunch of resources within Extinction Rebellion for people to access and to make the decision of how deep they'd like to yeah, go. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, challenging there's, the... There, there's like everything in volunteering that goes from 
you know, you can you can just sit on the sidelines and donate, or you can, you know, come to some of the things where which are which are definitely um, non-arrestable, where we just like have some fun, poignant, symbolic acts, mm. or you can do things that are, you know, all the way to yeah, I'm definitely gonna sit there and I'm gonna sit in the middle of the road until the police comes and takes mm. me away. Have there been any arrests so far in yeah. Aotearoa? Uh, yeah, several. None in Wellington. The mm. police has been very helpful so far. <laughs> Including <laughs> on the weekend, where they told us to just carry on and have fun. Um, uh, we had uh, the first five arrests were in um, Ototai in Christchurch when they uh, attached themselves to the ECAN, to the Environment Canterbury Water Toby, mm. and turned off the water for Environment Canterbury because they're polluting all the rivers. And then they recently had 20 arrests when they blocked a coal train. Um, but uh, I don't think anyone was charged. And we just had one of our rebels up in Waihi arrested because he chalk sprayed um, Draw the Line, which is our slogan for this rebellion, um, on Scott Simpson's office. He's an MP and Mm. he spray chalked a line and was arrested for it, but also was not charged. That sounds harsh. (laughs) <laughs> it was a little bit over the top, but then, you know, it's why he and he's a National Party MP, so. Yeah. Um, we only have a couple of minutes to yeah. go, but I'd also really um, like to hear just a little bit about the rebel camp. Is there? Can you tell us a bit of what will happen there and if people would like to join in there? What's, yeah, what will sure. it be Again, like? Um, follow those links, drawtheline.nz or extinctionrebellion.nz and um, register for the camp. It's um, super family friendly. Although, you know, we're, we're hoping that we're not going to have more kids than adults because that would kind of fit the purpose a bit. But um, uh, we're going to do all the legal briefings and the briefings for the actions. There's going to be NVDA training, so non-violent direct action training, mm-hmm. because we want to train all of our rebels before they go anywhere near an action so they know what to expect. Um, it's super important that we make it really clear that non-violence is like the top the, the, the top. Um, principle that we're trying to pursue and that we very much respect the police in the sense that we know that it's their job to deal with public disruption and we want to disrupt the public so they wake the hell up and so Mm. you know it's okay that the police may have to come and arrest us for it but I want them to know that we are not going to resist arrest and we are going to be very well behaved. Yeah, it sounds like a like a really excellent opportunity for people who want to maybe get into activism and want to learn more about how to do that. And it sounds like a very safe and, I guess, educational environment too. Yeah, it's mm. certainly educational and <laughs> trying to be as safe as possible. And as I said, there's definitely roles for everyone that include being very far away from any kind of arrestable stuff. Yeah, Great. Well, I think that will be it for us today. I'll just uh, repeat the, the links that you gave us, which are drawtheline.nz and extinctionrebellion.nz. I clearly did not write yeah. that one. Extinctionrebellion.nz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome talking to you, Dr. C. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.